It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm sorry. I still feel kind of ugh about the whole thing. It felt more like a Houston loss and a gift than a Patriots win, but they took advantage, but... I think uh, they showed a lot of holes on that team today and a lot of things that still need to be cleaned up. I'd say that's fair, Jim. I mean, it's it's hard to argue against it. I mean, yes, they got the victory, and that's the most important thing. <clears throat> and we've seen this before where the Patriots have had these, you know, run injuries and just sort of survive in advance. And uh, this was one of those games. And you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty in any phase of the game. I mean, special teams were... I would say decent in this game uh, outside of the missed extra point. Uh, the defense was just awful in the first half. Uh, I'm not sure I've seen them worse. I mean, to give up three scoring drives on three drives in long ones, or at least yardage-wise, in the first half, I mean, that's that's just awful. I mean, their own offense, the Patriots' own offense, only had 10 minutes of possession in the first half. They completely flipped in the second half, but... Um, you know that was distressing to start the game, uh, especially with the offense. You know they, they open up scoring on the first drive. They look like they're going to do it again. The Harris fumble. I know you just replayed it. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it just because you know they got the win and it's sort of I view it as it is what it is with officiating. Uh, I didn't see enough to overturn that. The call on the field. The NFL disagrees. I don't know if they had some sort of hidden angle or whatever, but. Um, yeah, overall, not good, and and it just continues that you know that there's a lot they have to clean up, and and each week, I think people are starting to grow more and more impatient. Um, we've talked about it many times. This is the way it goes with a team like this, with so many changes. But I can understand the growing frustration uh, with the fan base with this team, and they need to very soon. I mean, next week will be their sixth game. Um, they're going to need to kick it in gear sometime very soon. Hey, Greg, the consistency with the coaching staff within the red zone, I think, was what, what stood out to me. To me, was it the game plan because of the offensive line in the, in the I guess, in the, in the the inexperience there, or do they just don't trust anyone right now in the red zone? Yeah, Joe, I think it's it's hard to say definitively. Um, you know, because. Uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of concern about that. And, and look, I am not going to defend at all uh, the third down possession or the, the the red zone possession towards the end of the third quarter. This when, is the one. It was uh, third and they, twelve. Mm-hmm. Yes, where they go, they go twenty one yards to get there. A four yard run by Stevenson. A twenty yard pass to Jones. They're in the red zone. They're at the sixteen, and they call three screen passes in a row. I mean, those aren't just check, those aren't checkdowns. Those are designed play calls. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to defend Josh McDaniels on those, but I'll just say overall to Joe's point, from watching this team over the years and seeing themselves in some positions where they're like, you know, we don't feel good about the protection. To me, it seemed like Josh McDaniels spent most of this time just avoiding getting Mac Jones back there with a lot of time. It looked like they really wanted to ramp up the amount of time he, 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 he it shortened the amount of time he had the ball in his hands to get rid of it. Um, I know in hindsight, everyone will say, well, one sack and only four hits. Yeah. But you also have to, you have to also consider that Josh McDaniels managed the game that way. Those results happened because that's the way Josh McDaniels set things up and the way he called the game. And it's, you can't really have it both ways. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be one or the other. And I think, 
I think Josh McDaniels probably had some concerns about the offensive line, even when all the starters were in there. I mean, last week against Tampa, they, they're not, every pass play, they're basically giving some sort of help to the tackles. And now you have two backup tackles in, uh, along with the guys in the interior. And to me, it looked like it was a very managed game from Josh McDaniels standpoint. So it's hard for me to say they don't, they don't trust Mac Jones. Certainly on that possession, it looked like it, and I hated it, but I think it was more about the offensive line than anything else. But what did you think of the performance of the makeshift offensive line? Because I didn't think that that was that big of a problem today. I thought it was fine. I had not taken a close look at it, and I was not <clears throat> like zeroing in on any guys. I mean, I know uh, I heard Joe earlier talking up Kajust, uh, and it seemed like he did a good job. He's He had a really strong summer. He did a good job um, in the opportunities he got in practice in the preseason games. Uh, he definitely earned his spot on this team, but for the the coaches basically to make him inactive every week, uh, or at least I, I think he was inactive, um, you know, tells you what they think, and they know these players better. I I think it was I think the offensive line did fine, but I think Josh McDaniels put themselves into put them in position to execute a, at a higher level than they normally would have. You see the second play, the secondary play, and you know Joe Jawan, uh, Joe Jawan, Jawan Williams getting burned on that touchdown to start the third quarter. Do you now maybe second guess uh, what happened with Stephon Gilmore, and just in terms of a depth standpoint? <laughs> I second guessed it at the time. I I hated the deal. Uh, I hated getting rid of him because I was a guy who was like, okay, look, the Patriots have gotten off to a slow start. Um, anybody who's a realist understood this was going to happen and was going to take until about the midway part of the season for things to parts to really gel. And one of the things I was looking forward to was like, all right, if they can keep it together, uh, you know, by strings, by band-aids, whatever, if they can just stay in the race and stay above water until the halfway point when things gel, and then you get Stefan Gilmore back suddenly all of a sudden, you know, now JC Jackson's uh, the number two corner, uh, you have Jonathan Jones as your number three slot. Jalen Mills maybe you know helps as maybe in the Duran Harmon sort of deep safety role allows Devin McCourty to do different things. So I was excited for that, and then for them to deal that deal him for what they did. Uh, I understand they probably had to do it that they had, they must have had some inclination that Stephon Gilmore was not going to play for this team this season, but. That's just brutal. And, and yeah, I mean, this shows you how thin it was. I mean, for people to, for them to make the deal and people to say, well, look what they get, did against Tom Brady. I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, we all know how thin this secondary is and Jalen Mills being out and then playing like this. Some guy named Chris Moore I've never heard of before looks like Jerry Rice out there. I mean, it's, it's not good. All right, more coming up with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal as the Patriots uh, eke out a win against the Houston Texans on the road today, 25-22. to If you want to get on with Greg, 617-779-0985 as well. Back after this here on the Safety Insurance, 98.5 of Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Instant Oil Change, the best defender in the game against engine wear, provides 15-minute drive-through oil changes and touchless service for busy people. Go to getanoilchange.com to save 15% on your entire invoice and your 15-minute drive-through oil change. Print out the coupon or pull it up on your mobile device. That's getanoilchange.com. When our twins started driving, we all got Safety Insurance's Drive with Safety app. The app provides data on driving habits like speeding and hard braking so parents can have data-driven conversations with their kids about safe driving practices. The data showed our twins are doing great. It also showed I have some uh, room for improvement. Ask an independent agent about Safety Insurance's telematics program. We'll help you manage life storms with information. Hey, football fans, it's Bob Sosi, the voice of New England football. If you want to know how my voice stays ready for every call, look no further than my cup of Bigelow tea right next to me in the booth. No matter the game conditions, Bigelow tea always tastes great, and that's why it's the first play I call in my game day routine. New England fans refuse to settle for anything less than the best, and when it comes to my tea, settling is not an option. So join me, New England, and grab a mug full of Bigelow and tea proudly. 
Hey, New Englanders, did you know that Aaron's, the official snowthrower of the New England Patriots, also makes Gravely lawnmowers? If you've started thinking about a new lawnmower to improve your outdoor look, then go with Aaron's or Gravely for your next riding mower. Power equipment availability is tough, but Aaron's, still a family-owned business, still in Wisconsin, is building mowers seven days a week. That's Aaron's and Gravely, the official lawnmowers of the New England Patriots. Find your local dealer at Gravely.com. Tailgate season is upon us, New England, and that means you're going to want the ultimate vehicle for all the game day action. Well, look no further than the all-wheel drive Honda Pilot. Rugged, dependable, and practically endless cargo room to load up all the supplies you'll need to last you from the preseason to the playoffs, all the way to that glorious duck boat parade in February. Gear up for game day with the all-wheel drive Honda Pilot at your local New England Honda dealers. Around here, we Honda. What's your ultimate game day experience? A tricked out man cave? Deluxe tailgate? Then enter the five-hour energy football sweepstakes for a chance to win $10,000. And make your ultimate game day experience a reality. To enter, buy any five-hour energy product and upload the receipt. It's that easy. The five-hour energy football sweepstakes. Enter today. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends December 10th, 2021. For official rules and how to enter without purchase, visit 5hesport.com. Void where prohibited. Now you can do your grocery shopping without ever getting out of your car with Shaw's Drive Up and Go. Just shop online at Shaw's or use the convenient Shaw's delivery and pickup app and they'll do the shopping and bagging for you. Then just head to the store and they'll bring your order right to your car. You'll enjoy the same in-store pricing. Plus, you'll earn and redeem your Shaw's for you grocery rewards. Place your first online order and get $20 off when you spend $75 or more. Limitations and restrictions apply. Visit Shaw's.com for details. Hey, it's Zoe, and like me, you may have a loved one who uses a continuous glucose monitor to manage their diabetes. Well, I have great news. In addition to being able to sell your extra test strips and lancets, my friends at teststripswithaz.com now accept unused CGM supplies. If you want to sell, just start your order, and they'll provide you with a prepaid shipping label, free home pickup, and a quick payment. Don't forget, they also carry all major brands of test strips and lancets at the most affordable prices for you to buy directly from their online store. Visit teststripswithaz.com. Z.com. Matt D. Slater here. Have you been trying to quit drugs or alcohol on your own, but it's too overwhelming and you give up? It only takes three to five days to detox and hit the reset button. Call AdCare at 1-800-ALCOHOL or visit AdCare.com. Installing a mailbox, planting a tree, or other yard work? Don't dig yourself into trouble. Call DigSafe at 811 to prevent damage to buried utility lines. It's smart, it's free, and it's the law. Call DigSafe at 811 or go to DigSafe.com. Everything Boston Sports, a sports hub. Now Nick Folk will pace off his steps backward from the 11 with Cardona over the football between the hash marks. Goskowski beat Houston with a late field goal in 13. Now it's Folk, the snap and the placement. Swing to the right leg, the kick, airborne to the uprights is good. And the Patriots have the lead with 15 seconds to go. Nick Folk. Twice from 52, and the game winner in the final seconds as the Patriots beat the Houston Texans today. Coming back to win 25-22. And this season, as part of their Apex Cares program, Apex Entertainment donating $100 to the New England Center for Children for every converted field goal, every point, every dollar helps. For more information, go to apexentertainment.com. Uh, all right, back here in the Shaw's Patriots postgame show, Jim Murray, Joe Murray, and Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Uh, what do you make of the play of Mac Jones overall today? Did he make some steps outside of the uh, the coaching staff, not trusting him seemingly in the red zone? <laughs> uh, I thought he played pretty solid. I mean, I, I you know, look, the interception was terrible. Um, you know, his stats would probably look better if Jacoby Myers didn't have that just god-awful drop before halftime. I mean, that's just... That was almost as bad as a turnover there. I mean, he was wide open. Uh, I know the uh, <laughs> the incredible James Lofton thought that uh, Jacoby Myers was then going to leap the defender and score a touchdown <laughs> from um, 30 <laughs> right. yards out. But, you know, I'll give him, you know, maybe another 10 yards or so. Um, but uh, that was brutal. I, you know, I thought he did a, I thought he did a good job. Um, he managed. It was a managed game. Uh, I still – I'm hopeful – that the Patriots offense with the protection and execution and things like that gets to the point where 
you know, when they do take a deep shot, it's more than just, uh, you know, play action and max protection and things like that. I, you know, I, I just think the issues have limited Mac Jones. I think he's capable of a lot more. Um, but you know, he's got to cut down a little bit on some of the mistakes. Uh, the interception was tough. Um, you know, he threw the ball into a couple of places where, where you didn't really like it. He could have had another like three interceptions. Uh, but I, it's, it's hard enough being a rookie quarterback in this league, Jim, without having to deal with all the changes around you. So he's getting sort of a baptism by fire this season, and hopefully he's better for it over the course of the season. And just sticking with the rookie quarterback, what did you think of Davis Mills today? I really liked him. I mean, I really liked him coming out too, and I know the Patriots did. And um, the only thing – I think the thing that knocked him down uh, a peg basically in – because he was more of a day-two quarterback. I'm not exactly sure where he was drafted. You probably know. Third round. Yeah, third round. Stanford didn't play much. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, he he was a guy that most NFL teams were like, "Dude, what are you doing coming coming out? Like, mm-hmm. stay in school for another year." He could, especially considering what the QB class next year looks like, since like Spencer Rattler looks terrible, and you know, I think you're now talking about maybe some mid major quarterbacks being like the top of the class. I mean, if he would have stayed in school and had a nice season, he'd be a top. Pick. Uh, he really he he was certainly a first rounder, if not the first quarterback taken. And a lot of people question that. And then also he had a lot of injury problems, I think, uh, or he has to this point. So those things combined and he's, he did show some athletic. He was more of an athlete today than, than I recall watching his, his college film. Uh, but I thought he was really good. And you could see why the Patriots really liked him that he was sort of, you know, plan B if somebody took Mac Jones or there was some player there in the middle of the first round that they couldn't pass up at 15. And maybe they passed on Mac Jones and couldn't get him again and uh, later on in the first round. Uh, but, yeah, I was impressed. I thought he did a really nice job. And you could tell that they they use him to do a lot of things at the line of scrimmage. And, and really smart guy, good player. He was good. Well, especially on that first drive, too, where it's 18 plays, 79 yards. They take you know 10 and change off the game clock. They're picking up third down after third down. They're picking up a fourth down. So I thought Mills was good, but outside of Matt Judon, Greg, where where's the pass rush on this team? Like, what, do you see something up front? It's non-existent. To, yeah, and no. what? Like, why was that game plan though? Like, th- today it was obvious they did not rush the passer. Yeah, they did not rush the passer. I think you know they they knew they had a pocket quarterback on their hands. Uh, I think, you know, going into the game, you probably think, all right, well, we're not getting by Laramie Tunsil. And then he goes out of the game. So then you, if you do want to start to apply some pressure, all of a sudden you need to change things. Uh, I think that they went into this game saying like, you know, we're going to, we're going to rush the minimum. We're going to drop back into coverage and, and hopefully, uh, he makes some mistakes and they thought maybe they might get home against the interior with less and sort of zone blisses and things like that. None of it worked. And, you know, Judon, Judon was the only guy making plays in in the front seven. It seemed like uh, even, you know, his sacks, I would say, you know, a couple of them were coverage variety where, you know, Mills wasn't – he didn't throw the ball immediately. It wasn't like Judon was killing people off the snap, but he still – he made good plays. And uh, I think that, you know, not getting the pass rush home, the the thing you worry about is it exposes your secondary. And one thing I wanted to bring up is – I thought, you know, my guy Devin McCourty had a really rough game. I mean, a couple of the big plays, he was really late and over-pursued, and uh, yeah, that was not good either. Well, how about one of the one that sticks out to me was, I think it was a slant to Cooks that was on a big third down. It's just like he let him have it. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the, the the slants are becoming a humongous problem on this team. And and I know James Lofton explained it during the game and I thought, well, where, you know, you have you have your choices. You know, you either take away the inside even though you're really banking on the cornerback, you know, reading through film review, reading the quarterback, breaking on the ball, uh, almost sort of the Malcolm Butler play in the Super Bowl, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots just their cornerbacks are not being aggressive enough. Jalen Mills, I can understand. J.C. Jackson, I don't really get it. But yeah, you're you, if you take away the inside, now they're going to go over the top. Well, to me, that's a lot harder throw than a slant is on ten yards. So I would like to see the Patriots be more aggressive. You know, man up, take away the inside if they want to go over the top. 
you know, go ahead. But they got to find a way to defend those plays better because everybody's doing it against them. And just uh, Damian Harris, another fumble around the goal line. Did what do you think of the Wildcat? Is that something new now, or is, I mean, why are we taking the ball out of Mac Jones' hands around the goal line? Yeah, I think they're just they're trying to get different looks. They're trying to go with, especially in that situation. I think they're. I think it's part of the equation, Joe, where it's like, all right, look, we haven't had great ball security uh, um, so far, and and you know, let's let's try to run as safely as possible, and and you know, look, I I don't love it, and I'm sure the Patriots don't really want to do it, but for whatever reason, they feel like that's the t- the type type of thing they have to do right now. Six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. The phone number you want to get on with Greg Bedard, of Boston Sports Journal, here on the Shaw's Patriots post game show, like Matt in Needham. You're next up. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you? I just wanted to talk about, uh, you know, the quarterback play again. I mean, I think Bedard just said it just in terms of, um, you know, um, I mean, I think Mac Jones is really good. It's definitely an improvement. But I think the best quarterback out there was Davis Mills. I never even heard of this kid. Are we overhyping Mac Jones? I mean, the reality of it is I've seen nothing spectacular about his play or anything like that to say that he's the man or he's the franchise. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, he might not be, like, giving you wild plays that you maybe see from the Joe Burrows and uh, Justin Herberts of the world, but he is steady, you know, and that's – and look, and I, I was still impressed with how he played last week in that moment in a big spotlight game with the return of Brady. Like I, Joe and I have been saying it for a while, Greg. At least on in this particular post game show, he is the least of their problems. It really is. Was that Chris Gasper's cousin that he had like call in and ask that question? Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I look, I understand. I don't know who's overhyping Mac Jones. I mean, Mike Mac Jones has been good so far. You know, the receivers haven't been great. Uh, the protection certainly hasn't been great. His starting offensive line, he's got, I think I had him getting hit 43 times in his first four games. That's, that's absurd. It, it's, it's ludicrous for the, what the Patriots had coming back in their starting offensive line. I don't care if you have Trent Brown or not. Like to allow your rookie quarterback to get 40, hit 43 times when you're not even like, really opening up all that much. Now, the Dolphins game, the opener was a little bit different. They had to go to some shotgun spread, and and Mac diagnosed it. But, look, I don't think anybody's saying that Mac Jones should be you know rookie of the year at this point. I think he's done a good job managing the game so far. He's made some plays. He's brought the team back in just about every game. I mean, even the Saints game, they got it to the point where if they get a stop from the defense, they could win the game. Uh, you know, brought him back against the Dolphins, had a chance, couldn't get a stop. Brought him back against the Bucks, um, had a chance. Belichick didn't go for it. Um, you know, I think he's done a really nice job, but I don't think anybody's overhyping Mac Jones. He's, he's done fine, but like the rest of the team, uh, they're all going to have to get a lot better. And I think when he gets better play and better execution around him, I think he'll look even better, but we'll see. No, nobody knows right now. More coming up with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal and more thoughts on the uh, Patriots win 25-22 over the Houston Texans today. You want to get on 617-779-0985. First, though, Joe Murray going to get caught up the latest in the headlines. But first, let's pause for station identification on the Safety Insurance 98.5, the Sports of Patriots Radio Network. This is Boston's most listened to sports station. Boston's home for sports. 98.5, Sports of Headlines. Patriots, a comeback 25-22 win over the Texans. Today, Mac Jones threw a touchdown pass to Hunter Henry. He was 22-30 for 231 yards through the air. Did throw an interception. Nick Folk, four field goals, including the go-ahead with 15 seconds left in the game. Patriots now 2-3 and three on the season. They host Dallas next week. Cowboys, they have a 17-10 lead at halftime over the Giants. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, both out for the remainder of the game uh, for New York. Right now, Bears have a 14-3 lead on the Raiders. Browns, 27. Chargers, 19. And the Cardinals have a 10-0 lead over the 49ers. Earlier today, it was the uh, Falcons, 27-20 over the Jets. Packers, 25-22 over the Bengals. Vikings got a 19-17 win over the Lions. Steelers, 27. Broncos, 19. Tom Brady had five touchdown passes in the 45-17 win over the Dolphins. Saints, 33. Washington, 22. Eagles got a 21-18 win over Carolina, and the Titans 37, Jaguars 19. Tonight, it is a rematch of the AFC Championship between the Bills 
and the Chiefs, and we have Game 3 of the ALDS over at Fenway Park right now. Red Sox have a 4-2 lead over the Rays. Nathan Avaldi, eight strikeouts so far through five innings. Headlines brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. They want to help prepare your car for fall travel. You never have to leave your car. No appointment is ever needed. Visit GetAnOilChange.com for a coupon to save on your next oil change. I'm Joe Murray. Your next update, 30 minutes. Music of the game brought to you by Live Nation. Don't miss Evanescence and Hailstorm. Saturday, December 18th at the DCU Center in Worcester. Get tickets at LiveNation.com. Oh, yes, Evanescence, bring me to life. Now that's a hit's hit. Shaw's Patriots postgame show, Jim Murray, Joe Murray, and uh, we still have Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com with us. Uh, Jamie Collins back with the the Patriots for the third go-around. Um, did he make any impact in terms of run defense today, or is he just what Jamie Collins has kind of always been? You know, I didn't even notice him until the sack, so I, I, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't watching him that carefully. Um, you know, but give the defense credit overall. I mean, they finally buckled up. I think they got four straight stops in the second half, and and meanwhile, you know, the the offense was putting up four straight points. Um, I'm just checking the possession. So, yeah, after the touchdown to open the second half, they went punt, punt, missed field goal, punt, fumble. Well, the fumble was the desperation play. I mean, meanwhile, the Patriots offense went field goal, field goal, touchdown, field goal. Um, so, you know, they definitely uh, woke up in the second half. Um, but, you know, I do think the Texans got conservative in the second half. I, I think that they – Tried to play closer to the vest, and and that was just a mistake. I thought the mentality that they came out with to start the game was really good, and what you need to do against the Patriots and and be aggressive. I thought the the fake punt thing was stupid, and you know people need to should give Lawrence guy a little bit of credit because he just didn't punt it into that guy's back on accident. It was because Lawrence guy drove him back about three or four yards, um, and and that sort of changed the complexion of the game, but. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the defense, you know, buckled down. Um, and that was good to see. And, and hopefully they're going to need to do a lot more of that next week against the Cowboys. And by the way, it's not the Jets, right? right yeah. Now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, you I hear so, that a few times. I so desperately wanted them to be three and three that I was like, ah, oh, you got the Jets next. So, yeah. Ooh, whoops. Uh, I, I want to get into McCarthy in a little bit here. But, um, when it comes to coaching, though, is it fair to say that just, the the first year head coach just made a bad decision today, and the Patriots just have a better coaching staff and just capitalized on that bad decision. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I was actually like, you know, when they start first started, you know, he started out being going to his regular punt drop, and then he he came up, and I was like, oh, this is it. they're going for it. They're yeah. gonna. You know they have a. I was like, this is cool. All right, you know these guys. This this continues on with their what they did before, and then they must have gotten a certain look, and they backed out of it. And I didn't even mind the rugby kick call. It's just yeah, nine yards for execution. It smart. I mean, no, he, it wasn't. I well, I mean, he needed to he needed to realize where the hole was. I mean, basically, when you do a rugby punt like that, you know, being on a short drop, you're looking for. I mean, even scooting outside the pocket and sort of kicking it on the run. If if that guy can't do that, that then that's a stupid call. But uh, you know that was a mistake. But still, there was plenty of time left, and it, you know the Patriots only got three points out of that. And and so uh, you know I thought that I thought Cully got a bit tight in the second half. And the Pat- look, let's be honest, the Patriots had they had to win this game, so they had to sort of bring out any tricks and and come. I, look, I think we all knew that they were going to come back and win that game. It wasn't. It wasn't easy. Uh, it was way too close. I thought they would blow doors a bit more in the second half, but uh, you know, I think it went down the way we expected it to happen. Oh, after that punt, that that whole situation, I was like, oh, and, the Patriots the, just won this and game. And the field goal too. Yeah, I mean, you know. right. A fourth and four, deciding to try a career long fifty six yarder with a kicker who had already missed two extra points and kicked it out of bounds. Uh, after their first score, that kid's a mess. That Kaimi Fairbairn, it was like it was <laughs> yeah. apparently rampant throughout the league today. A lot of missed kicks today. It was like something in the atmosphere or something. Yeah, the what was it, the Packers and uh, 
and the Bengals. Yeah, ton of field goals. Yeah, the Bengals. Tons of kids. Mason kicks Crosby again. Uh, on the uh, trick play thing, let's go to Matt in Braintree. You're next here in the Sean's Patriots post game show. Hey, Matt. Well, first I was going to say if the if Houston had a field goal kicker, they would have won by like 15. But um, but the trick plays, it's, it's just so depressing watching this team because they just suck. It's like in the old days they would run these trick plays as like a giggle thing, like just for giggles. But now, like, they actually need to run these plays, like the Brandon Bolden direct snap. I know what they were trying to do there, obviously, to get the clock down, but it's just depressing. It, it, it just sucks. Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, I know that one Mike Felger is always quick to say that if you're a team that has to run the Wildcat, you stink. Um, do you agree with that, or is that just too harsh of an assessment? Yeah, I think for for one game, I mean, we'll see if this continues. I mean, but for, for a game where I think they were just trying to muddle through and, and just get the victory, I think it was fine. I mean, I did think that – I thought that the Patriots managed the game really well at the end. I thought that I thought the Texans just should have declined the penalty and let the touchdown stand. I mean, at that point, you could see where it was going. And if once they burned the timeout on like an eight-yard you know, run – and then the Patriots picked up the first down. The game was essentially over at that point. And Cully should have let them score to give themselves a chance. And they had a perfect opportunity when the Patriots ran it in. They had the illegal motion. Uh, and Cully should have declined the penalty, let it stand, and then give yourself a chance. I don't think they would have had any timeouts left at that point. But at least the Texans would have had a chance. The game was over at that point. I just want to ask you one more question. I know we got into the Stephon Gilmore thing and – Yesterday they made a roster move when it came to Trent Brown. Um, this was your guy, the MVP, right? Played one series, yep. and why did they wait so long to put him on injured reserve? I think it was – I think he was close to playing against the Bucks, and then whatever reason, I don't know when, but he had some sort of um, some sort of setback, obviously. He was, he was getting closer. And uh, he was practicing, and then suddenly he wasn't on the practice field this week. I mean, he had a setback. So uh, I think that's why. I mean, I I think they fully intended him. I thought they had a chance. They thought he had a chance against the Bucks. It didn't happen, and so that's my read. I, I know he's great. I, listen, we've seen him, right? He's great. But is this now something to worry about here? I mean, obviously his weight is there, and some things happened last year in Vegas, like his – he now a guy they can't depend on anymore, and is that a is that a strike for them? Like trying to lean on a guy that that's had success here and kind of had these things happen to him a year ago. There's no question that to this point it's been a bust. But there's a lot of season left, and and if they still hang above water, and you know he he's able to come back in three weeks and play Pro Bowl level right tackle for the rest of the season and help them to the playoffs, then it's all good. But there's no question right now. Yeah, it's a concern. I mean, this is the same injury that he had in. In Vegas last year, when you know talking to some people out there, they thought he could play at some point, and he decided not to. And I, I didn't think that, and especially the way that he practiced and played in training camp, and even Bill Belichick raved about, you know, how he came back and you know his first time ever, his first time around, everybody knew the deal. You know, they knew he was going to play great. He's trying to get a contract. He's never gotten a big contract before. He went out to Vegas, he got it, and then, you know, once a guy gets paid, you know, this was part of what we brought up when they re-signed him. You know, did is he is he still as hungry as he was before he got paid? And and I'm not saying that this is an indication that he's not because Bill Belichick raved about his leadership and 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 things like that when he came back the second time, but uh and I still think he's going to come back and play. I just think this has been a little bit of bad luck, but no question, it's a concern right now. Joe in the car next here on the Shaw's Patriots post game show with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. What's up, Joe? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for taking my call, and good thing they won today. Listen, question marks are the the game plan, and do you think they should have squibbed that last kickoff? Number two, um, Matt Jones is not the problem with this team. They don't have a quarterback problem. Uh, number three, I think that they got to give him some protection. He, too many times he's had to thread the needle, and when, there are, when they happen to get wide open, they drop the ball. And uh, Mills had all the time in the world to throw, so he should have looked good. Thanks, Joe. Um, Squib, I don't know, man. What about you, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I'm always in favor of, you know, I don't know if, if they were very afraid of the Texans' returner, and that would have been, 
Andre Roberts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Andre Roberts is really good. And yeah. so they were probably afraid. They were probably fl- uh, afraid of a trick play. But normally, Joe, in that situation with that amount of time, you want the clock to run. So you kick the ball in bounds and you have them do something. You should have some sort of safe uh, kickoff and kickoff uh, coverage there. Uh, I think that was an indication of how afraid they were of Andre Roberts just making a play. Um, and as far as his, I lost track of his various other points, but he had a lot of good ones. On the line, you know, if they could have. Oh, the guys aren't catching the ball. I brought this up to Jim earlier. Is there a guy on the team that can make a catch and not fall right down? Like, I know Bourne had one earlier, but, like, it feels like. Uh, I mentioned Brandon Lloyd. Yeah. Catch the ball, fall right down. Like, they don't yeah. have a guy that can catch and run. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with you. I think if the Patriots hang around and uh, it looks like they have a chance, I think if, if if I was GM of the team, I would be on the lookout for a slot receiver that can help this team. I just think, look, I like Jacoby Myers. I want him out there. but And I don't know how the pieces would fit, but they need a guy who can get open very quickly against any type of coverage and that Mac Jones knows he can go to. I mean, I, I think today was obvious that he has a lot of comfort in Hunter Henry and, and that's great. But against faster teams on defense, they're going to need quicker answers. And I just don't think they have enough right now. Have you noticed anything in watching film of prior games that maybe Nelson Aguilar is getting doubled? Is he not getting open? Because I do feel like when he does get it, like he's pretty sure-handed. Looks like the Nelson Aguilar of, well, good Nelson Aguilar and Aguilar of last year with Vegas. I just feel like they're not utilizing him enough. I just think he's a byproduct of not everything's working in the passing game from, you know, the protections to the backs picking up blitzes and, and, you know, and even Mac Jones. I mean, look, I think that I think it's very obvious that the Patriots have a plan to bring Mac Jones along very slowly. And I think that, you know, not everybody's going to agree with that, but that's the, that's the direction they've gone with. And I think that, you know, Aguilar is uh, a deeper threat. I don't think he's been doubled. I don't see why he would be doubled. I just think he's a byproduct of the passing offense isn't that great, isn't executing great at this point. And so he's not getting as much action as I think he will in the second half of the season. All right, more coming up with Greg Bernard of Boston Sports Journal. One more segment to go as the Patriots eke out a win on the road against the Houston Texans, 25-22. The final you want to join us, 617-779-0985 is the phone number. Back after this here on the Safety Insurance, 98.5 The Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Hey, if you want to have more fun at work, Apex Entertainment is hiring all positions, including management, restaurant, attractions, and more. Apex is 100,000 square feet of pure fun for all ages with bowling, go-karts, and arcade. Be big, be bold, be Apex. Apply today at apexentertainment.com. The Peterson School has expanded course offerings. The new Basic Controls course provides electricians, HVAC, and facility managers with the knowledge to efficiently manage pneumatic and electrical controls. Register for fall classes today at petersonschool.com. Matt D. Slater here. Have you been trying to quit drugs or alcohol on your own, but it's too overwhelming and you give up? It only takes three to five days to detox and hit the reset button. Call AdCare at 1-800-ALCOHOL or visit AdCare.com. If you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam. And our delicious pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. And our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkins treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin', like our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Pumpkin spice signature latte. And our perfectly pumpkin treats. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. When it's time to grow, you'll know. Ah, finally found a quiet space. Now I can get something done. (laughs) Daddy's busy, girls. He's on a work call. But, Dad, I have the playhouse from noon until 1 for a tea party. And my dolls and I can't reschedule our nap time today either. (sighs) Okay, okay. Daddy's legs were falling asleep anyway. You know, Dad, if we had a bigger house, you could have a grown-up office. And we could have our playhouse back. You two are so smart. We We take take after Mom. Mom. Dreams getting bigger? 
Think Jumbo. Visit ClintonSavings.com to apply for a 30-year fixed mortgage with an annual percentage rate as low as 2.937 plus a $500 credit towards your closing costs. Rate as of 62821 and subject to change without notice. Available on owner-occupied properties only. Maximum loan to value of 90%. Loan subject to credit approval. Actual interest rate and fees available based on credit history. Other rates and terms available. Offer may be withdrawn at any time. Other restrictions may apply. Credit will be applied to offset closing costs. Credit cannot be combined with any other offers. Credit available for new CSP mortgage customers only. Call 888-744-4272 for details about credit costs and terms. NMLS number 422081. Member FDIC, DIF, and an equal housing lender. It's Super Start Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. That means you can get up to a $25 gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of your Super Start Battery. Return power, performance, and reliability to your car, truck, motorcycle, and more with Super Start Batteries only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When you buy a Reed's Ferry Shed, you're buying direct from the builder. Those sheds at the big home improvement store, they don't build them. They're the middleman. And to make room for the middleman markup, they have to take stuff out of the shed. Important stuff, like lumber. Buy factory direct at Reed's Ferry and you'll own a better shed. Call Reed's Ferry Sheds this week and schedule your installation. Call 888-85-SHEDS. Need a shed? If it says Reed's Ferry, you got a good one. At Shaw's, they're perfecting the art of fresh. Their produce pros work with trusted, top-quality growers so your hand-picked fruits and vegetables are harvested at the peak of flavor and handled with care from farm to you. Come by and pick up fresh-cut, colorful produce, prepared daily in their store and bursting with flavor. They'll meet or beat national standards, so you get the cream of the crop. Shop in-store or online at Shaw's.com today for delivery or for convenient curbside pickup. Hi, I'm Eric, and like me, you too can enjoy a great career with Spectrum. I started as a field tech, got my certifications, moved up to supervisor, and now I've been a manager for over two years. We're hiring across New England, including New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine, with a starting pay of $18 an hour with no experience needed. Apply at jobs.spectrum.com. If you own a home, do yourself a favor. Call Devlin Solar to eliminate your electrical bill and provide backup power through a blackout. To see if your home qualifies for solar, call 800-818-5641. That's 800-818-5641 or visit devlinsolar.com. Devlin Solar, the most trusted solar company in New England. The only place to hear the game, the Sports Hub. Third down and six from the 13. Shot comes snap to Jones with a four-man rush. Throws it to the end zone. Open yeah. Henry. Sliding grab. Touchdown, Patriots. Just inside the far sideline. Take a picture of that. Show that in the meetings. We need more of this. Yeah, more of that. Hunter Henry with a touchdown on the Patriots. 25-22 win. Comeback win over the Houston Texans today. Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, you, if you want to join us, 617-779-0985. And our final segment with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. So it felt like maybe, uh, Greg, this was maybe the... The coming out party for Hunter Henry, which is good, and you know that's something to be encouraged by going forward. I still feel like there's a lot to be decided with Jonu Smith, and there was one catch he ultimately made. I don't know if you remember this in the first half. I think it was towards the end of the second quarter that looked like it was about to trickle off his fingers and maybe go the other way, like it was did in New Orleans uh, against New Orleans a couple of weeks ago. But he ended up hanging on to it. He just feels clumsy to me. Yeah, he's definitely fighting it at this point, and it seems like he's lost some confidence. And I, I think the the I don't want to say the coaches have lost confidence in him um, because I think I was reading Pro Football Focus, and I think they said that he ran a uh, single-digit pass routes in this game. Uh, I do think I don't think that's totally on him. I think that he was he was left in the block a lot to help out the offensive line, uh, but there's no question that a guy they need to get him going. He's a guy who's athletic who. You know, should be able to provide some, you know, yards after the catch, like you know, Joe, Joe Murray was uh, complaining about earlier with this team, which is a totally legitimate criticism that that they're not getting a lot of that right now. And uh, but they're going to have to get him going. There's no question he's fighting it, and he's lost confidence to this point. Just to follow up to that one, if you saw that we we referenced that three screens in a row, he wasn't on the field at all, and then they put him on the field in goal line. And he had the illegal shift on the uh, Stevenson touchdown that got called back. So I'm wondering if they worry about him in the red zone. And my fault, my other question to that is, now Devin Asiasi still has not played this year. 
I mean, with the offensive line issues, like they still won't consider going with a three tight end package. Like I, he did it in college. I don't understand why they won't even consider it. Joe, it just it shows you exactly what the coaches think of Devin Asiasi and about you know where he is in his development, what he's capable of, uh, perhaps you know what kind of professional he's being behind the scenes. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, when a guy doesn't play. That tells you the coaches have no confidence in him. And this is now two years in a row. Yeah, he showed some promise in the preseason, but uh, for whatever reason, the Patriots don't have that in Devin Asiasi. And, you know, to go further on the Johnny Smith thing, I remember, I think he, I don't know if he did, he, did he run an end around or he got, a, he got a screen pass or something in the red zone down there towards the end of the game. And I just about held my breath on mm-hmm. whether he was going to hang on to the ball. And, and I would assume the coaches are in the same boat or else they would be putting the ball in his hands a lot more do you think this would maybe a closer game greg or am i overthinking this because of you know the institutional knowledge that is on the other side there with houston like guys like romeo cornell and nick casario because i mean i think that houston team is wretched i really do yeah i mean i i do think that you know we saw casario up there on the headset uh for the texans i do think that uh casario knows this team very well he's very smart um, you know, he and Josh McDaniels were very worked very closely when when he was here. Uh Romeo Cornell, um, you know, for the most part, you know, understands look, the Patriots defense hasn't changed a whole lot in, you know, twenty years. Uh the the offense has. The offensive volume has completely changed from when Charlie Weiss was here to what Josh McDaniels, mostly Bill O'Brien a little bit, has put into it. And so there's a lot of familiarity, but I think I think Casario probably spent all week and a lot of the off season too, like, you know, schooling them up and, and they know the weaknesses in, in some of the players that Nick was around and things like that. And that institutional knowledge definitely helps. I mean, we've seen how many former Patriots people have we seen, you know, either knock off the Patriots or play them really well. I mean, look at, look at the Lions a couple of years ago with Matt Patricia. They were wretched right. and they mm. beat the bag out of the Patriots up in Detroit. Looking at this today. And, it, like, do you think the rest of the schedule, even games like the Jets, there's not a single game you could take for granted with the way that this team is playing? Like, in terms of, like, oh, no, no that's a win. No way. Yeah, no. I don't – they're not in that position yet. I mean, do I think they're going to get there at some point? Yes, but it's still going to take some time. I mean, I, I – you know, you're hoping that about the midway point of the season, and and I know I've mentioned it before, but – you know the the Tampa Bay Bucks last year were seven and five and sort of you know floundering and and nobody was sure what to make of them and then suddenly they caught fire and won their last eight games and won the Super Bowl. Now do you know do I think that's going to happen with this team? No, but you know they need to find a way to survive. You know the Cowboys they got to beat the Jets they got to you know then they have the Chargers Panthers Browns those are all you know upswing sort of younger teams that are going to give them a real run if they're not on the ball. And they th- those are definitely not uh, definite W games. So they, there's a there's a lot of games and a lot of tough ones left. And this team, you're hoping, ideally you're hoping, yeah, somewhere at least around week eight or nine that this team starts to hit their stride a little bit because they're going to need to. Well, I've watched Dallas all year long. I think Dak Prescott, uh, forget about quarterback, he's one of the best football players in, in the game right now, but – the way the Patriots continue to struggle against the run, uh, Zeke Elliott already has 83 yards today. Uh, Tony Pollard's also running the football. Like that has to be the number one key, right, for stopping the running game next week. Yeah, and and finding a way to you know just keep Dak in the pro- pocket, even though he's proficient from there too. I mean, this if you're the Patriots' defense, this game scares the hell out of you. I think they dodged a bit of a bullet against. You know, the Buccaneers with some of the players that they were missing, you know, like Rob Gronkowski and, and, you know, in, in, in the backfield. And, and I think that, you know, the Bucs weren't quite fully operational against them and Brady was off and it was raining. Uh, you know, this Cowboys team, they got a loaded backfield with Zeke and, and Pollard back there. There's a lot of speed at the receiver position. Uh, they can spread you out and dice you, which they've done a lot to do a lot of teams. And if you're the Patriots, you you know you're worried about your lack of speed getting exposed, uh, really on both sides of the ball. Um, you know with Micah Parsons, um, you know and his ability and how that defense is playing for uh, Dan Quinn. Uh, it's it's 
there are a lot of worries going into that game, Joe, and, and you're just hoping to get it to the fourth quarter and stay stay close and hope you make a few plays. A few more weeks until the uh, the trade deadline. If they were to lose next week to Dallas, you know, you mentioned earlier maybe, you know, they, they could if you were running this team, you'd be looking to maybe add, but do you think there's any chance that they could be sellers? I don't. I don't. I think I think there's too much on the line for Belichick after what they did this offseason. I think you got to play it out. And if it if it doesn't work, I mean, you're hoping that uh chaos happens in the AFC and you have a chance at a wild card, but at least if you can get to the point you know where maybe they're they're say, I don't know, 3 and 5 or something like that that you know, you go on a run to end the season, and, and if it's not quite good enough to make the playoffs, uh, you know, you feel good about where you're going in the next season. I think Belichick would be open to that, and I think he wants to avoid a losing season at all costs. And um, that would be that would be a bad look back to back losing seasons. So I think he's going to play this out. Uh, Greg, any thoughts on tonight's Bills Chiefs game, a rematch of the AFC Championship game? Uh, we'll get a good look at the Bills tonight too. Yeah, I have not seen much of either of those teams. Um, I do know from talking to people around the league that they are um, that they are flabbergasted at how bad the Chiefs' defense is. And um, you know, it used to be they're they're basically like almost like a aging heavyweight boxer. Even though I mean, I I haven't I would need to look at their personnel. I don't understand why it's fallen into this. Maybe you know a little bit of. Uh, you know, resting on your laurels and what they've been able to do, but they—they're just like an aging heavyweight boxer where they're looking for, you know, one sort of knockout punch each series on on defense, and they're hoping to get a turnover or a negative play, and that's how, how, sort of how they play defense, and they don't really play it down to down. I mean, I have a, I, I have, you know, the Bills could you know run it up and down the field on these Chiefs, and and you know Patrick Mahomes, some one thing to watch tonight. I don't know how healthy he is. Um, coming back from the toe thing, uh, you know, I think there's, I don't think he's at a hundred percent, and I think that's why you've seen him make some of the mistakes he has. And just quickly before we uh, let you go, so you can go watch the uh, the Red Sox game, because I know you want to do that, and you got you've had an eye on it the whole time, and I appreciate the professionalism, Greg. But uh, just as someone who has covered the league for a long time, and just looking at it quickly through five weeks, do you think it's been over officious throughout the NFL, at least this particular season so far? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, you could make the, the, the case for that. Um, you know, I don't watch a ton of, uh, other games around the league, especially this time of year when the Red Sox are in the postseason and, and I love my baseball. So I, I, if I have a default, I like to go watch a, a baseball game instead of a, a Thursday night football game. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you can make that case, but normally these things all sort of even out and they settle down at some point. I mean, I, I even think, you know, the, everybody's making a big deal out of the taunting penalties. I don't, you know, I, I haven't seen them a ton in recent weeks. I know there was, I think there was a big one last week, uh, the Raiders game, I think. I yeah. saw Gruden complaining about that. So I, I these things sort of settle down at some point. So I, I'm not going to get too overcharged about it. All right, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com, and we will see you Tuesday for Big Boy Tuesday on Felgren Mass at 2 p.m. Sounds good. Thanks, right, fellas. Appreciate it. So the Patriots again, 25-22 winners over the Houston Texans today on the road. I'll be back after this, taking more of your calls and uh, take a spin around the league. We'll get some of the other early games. Trayvon Diggs had another interception just to uh, throw that out there again for the Cowboys. So. How many through five weeks? Is I, it like six? I, I don't know, but that guy scares me. He is a ball magnet. And uh, so look out for him next week when the Dallas Cowboys come to Gillette Stadium. Joe's going to get you caught up uh, with the latest in the headlines and then back after this here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show.